I'm back. I'm back, everyone, to tell you exactly what you want to know. I am back, everyone. <laughs> All right, as usual, I think the audio may need to be lowered a little bit just right off the bat. Just that may be a little too low. Let me hire that. It's all you you're gonna it's gonna sound perfect to you by the time you start listening. Um there's a lot that I gotta go over really uh right now about myself. And uh I gotta respond to a lot of comments online because uh, apparently I've been uh, getting a little wacky out there, you know, with the bits and the humor, and people seem to be uh, you know, not liking it. But I'm gonna say my humor is number one. And it's the best humor anyone, uh, including your mom, who would clearly suck my humor off, you've ever heard. Um, okay, somebody's right. Look at this, guys. Wait a second. Uh, wait. Who? Uh, I'm working with a few clients. I'm getting emails about someone who was client, clients that wants to send me some sort of stuff. On Instagram? What? Is this real? Am I going to get paid promotions to when people stop on my Instagram and they're like, hey, what's Matt up to? He's getting promoted. They're sending him creams of goo, tins of goo for him to shill. Oh, did he sell any? No one bought any. They're just keep sending him. What the fuck am I talking about? Today's episode is about... Uh, it's going to be about the history of dogs. Let me just take a 180 here. Because I got a little crazy in this opening. But uh, I never delete anything. Uh, everything I do is gold. The, hit, the key to running a podcast as successful as this is no editing. Just going for it. And have everyone every week not sure what would happen in the next week. So, it, it Okay. The history of dogs as pets. Okay, this this is an ABC News article <laughs> from 2016, a pre-pandemic article. Before pandemics ever happened is when this article came out. In honor of National Dog Day, ABC News looked back at how our furry four-legged companions evolved from feral wolves into our best friends. It was originally believed that the first domesticated wolves appeared around 15,000 years ago in the Middle East. Now, evidence, however, suggests it was more earlier than that. Swedish geneticist Pontus Skoglund, Pontus Skoglund also discovered meat. <laughs> he realized inside of uh, creatures... There was little bits of food under their skin, but not their bone that we could just stop munch on and barbecue. Pontus Skoglund inventing meat was big, too. That's my contribution. Uh, that little noise you heard, this one? That's what pen I have in my hand. Uh, published a study last year in the journal Current Biology describing his findings of a 35,000-year-old Siberian wolf bone. He concluded that canine domestication may have first occurred 20,000 to 40,000 years ago. That, whoa. Just think of the dogs 40,000 years ago. You know what I mean? They must have looked like dinos. 
dino dogs. You know what I'm saying? 20,000 years ago, 40,000 years ago, whatever we're talking about, we're stirring the pot. We got a nice um, concoction of words flowing through the atmosphere as I speak. Just sipping, just being, just living, you know. Everyone, this is, I think we all need to meditate, you know. Meditation is a strong part of life. If we could all just meditate for a moment right now, just meditate. Nice. Feel, start feeling your nipples. Good. Now start, start busting. <laughs> Actually, don't do that. Don't fuck. Rewind. I don't care what you do. I do not care what you do. I need to finish this article about dogs. According to genetic studies, modern-day domesticated dogs originated in China, the Middle East, and Eastern Europe. According to Gregor Larson, an archaeologist and geneticist, gray wolves were domesticated by humans somewhere in Western Eurasia. He surmises people in the East were also domesticating wolves at the same time. Oh, what? Okay. Eurasia, you you know, no one ever talks about Eurasia. I'm talking about it. I'm bringing you this, this kind of speak right now. Scientists believe wolves were first attracted to human camps to scavenge for leftover food. Over time, some wolves started traveling with the nomadic humans in a sort of natural selection of domestication. Occurred, Dr. Stephen L. Zwastki science adventurer emeritus to the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, or the ASPCA. That's what that stands for. In case anyone was wondering, America sucks for the pig of cute to awesome. Told ABC News, women may have been the first to make these wolves a pet. Of course you bitches are getting the dogs first. Ah <laughs> oh, man, you know sometimes the jokes just flow. They just they just ABC News really set you up for a real home run, you know. According to Catherine M. Rogers, Professor Emirata of English from Brooklyn College, in her book First Friend, what a cute name for a dog book history. First Friend. It takes six to eight generations to domesticate a canine. According to a 40-year experiment that began in the late 1950s by Russian researcher Dmitry K. Balav. And that's exactly how you pronounce his name without, uh, you know, anyone getting mad at you. It'll be like, you pronounce Dmitry's name perfectly right there. I'll spell it. It's D-M-I-T-R-I. That's Dmitry, right? It couldn't be Dingus Man in the River is, middle name K, Kooky, but eagles let youth awesome English vagina. So if you're ever wondering how to spell the guy, the 19th, uh, the dog experiment guy from the 50s, the Russian guy, that's how you remember his name. Uh, just say that little jingle to yourself, Dmitry K. Balyov and it's Dingus, whatever the fuck I just said. And you can easily remember that guy's name now. There's even scientific evidence supporting the bond between humans and dogs. 
When people look into each other's eyes, we bond emotionally and release a hormone called oxytocin. Ooh, if you just look in someone's eyes, it's like, bam, there's some oxytocin, babe. Hey, babe, I'm about to hit you with that oxytocin. I'm going to be oxytocin my fucking cock all over your face, babe. Oxytugging it, babe. <laughs> A study led by Nagasawa found that when dogs and people gaze into each, other eyes, each other's eyes, the same hormone is released in both the humans and the dogs. Damn. We do we we really do fall in love with our pooches is what we're learning here. That's a big learn, guys. You can get oxytocin between humans and pets. You know what this means? There's a lot of ladies fucking dogs, you know. Ladies be looking right in dogs' eyes and it releases oxytocin. That means there's tons of women just having sex with dogs because they're staring at them too long. You know, dudes don't even look at dogs' eyes. That's the thing about dudes. If you're a dude, never looks in a dog's eye. <laughs> Only a chick looks in a dog's eye. A dude will always kind of look away. They like, they love a dog. A dude will love a dog and hold it and kiss it and hug it, but he'll never look in its eye because of the oxytocin, and that would be gay, you know. <laughs> or it would be whatever you don't want to be. It would be something bad. Um, but women don't have that. They just stare at the dog, get the oxytocin. That's why they fuck them. And that's what I've learned from this ABC News article um, written by Lindsay Jacobson uh, in April tw- August 26, 2016 at 11.24 a.m. That's the timestamp. I'm working my way up to current events. Don't tell me anything in the future. I feel like the capital will never get run into by a bunch of folks, you know? Uh, okay, let me finish this dog article. Uh, dog breeds vary in popularity. In the 1890s, St. Bernard's were the number one breed. Huh. St. Bernard's, is that uh, the fucking uh, Beethoven dog? Whatever. Uh, but since the 1990s, Labrador Retrievers have been the favorite. People love their Labrador Retrievers, those big, hairy motherfuckers. That's also in the article. Special thanks to Allison Jimenez and Dr. Stephen L. Zawoski at the ASPCA and Brandy Hunter at the American Kennel Club for their help with the research for this story. Let's see the one comment going on here. It says, True, everything, and that video, I researched all about this. It's all true, really. Join cacao dogs for more. <laughs> what? I'm never joining cacao dogs. What the... Good comment, jackass. Look at here's a fun story. Here's a fun. St- wasn't there a famous comedian that would just read the news the newspaper and that was their fucking bit? I hate that. That's now my bit when I don't book any guests and decide to record things at the last minute. Now you're always gonna get a podcast, but they're never gonna be good. <laughs> no, this one's great. We've learned so much today. I mean, we've learned way more than anything else anyone's ever learned, to be honest. Okay, name this article is Woman Gets Back One Million Lottery Tickets She Had Thrown Away. Huh. A Massachusetts woman who accidentally tossed out a $1 million lottery ticket eventually collected her winnings thanks to the kindness and honesty of the others of the store where she bought it. A Massachusetts woman who accidentally tossed out a $1 million lottery ticket Eventually collected her winnings thanks to the kindness and honesty of the owners of the store where she bought it. La Flagaru 
La Rose Vega bought the 30 Diamond Million scratch-off ticket in March at the Lucky Stop convenience store in Southwick, near where she works. I was in a hurry on lunch break and just scratched it real quick and then looked at it and didn't look like a winner, so I handed it over to them to throw away, she said Monday. The ticket lay behind the counter for ten days. So this dumb bitch <laughs> got a winning ticket and didn't think it was and then put it back on the counter. One evening I was going through the tickets in the trash and found out that she didn't scratch the number. I was shocked. The son of the store's WWLPTV. I scratched the number and it was one million underneath the ticket. Figa is a regular customer, so the family knew immediately who had discarded it. Show sure, went to Figa at work. He came to my office and said, Mom and Dad would like to see you, she said. I said, I'm working. And he said, no, have to come over. So I went over there, and that's when they told me. I was in total disbelief. I cried. I hugged them. What? Who? How is this even speaking? That was the hardest sentence I've ever read in my life. That was a direct quote. This person talks crazy. Fiego said overcoming a near-fatal bout with COVID-19 in January was like winning the lottery. So she feels doubly fortunate. <laughs> you know what? If you can beat COVID-19 and win the lottery, that's like double winning the lottery. That's exactly what I just said, and that's what I mean right now. That's what I'm doing. I mean, who does that? They're great people. I am beyond blessed, she said. Wow. What a beautiful story. What a real beautiful story. The story gets a $10,000 bonus from the State Lottery Commission for selling the winning ticket. Fiega said she gave the family an additional reward. She's saving the rest for retirement. Oh. And she, was, she should save some to learn how to speak and read. Because apparently she does not know how to do that. What do these comments say? Um, uh, she a name now synonymous with integrity, priceless. Lucky, twice over. That's one lucky lady. She recovers from COVID, wins one million, gets the ticket back after throwing it away, and learns there are some honest people in this world yet. She's a triple winner, and this has to be the feel-good story of the day, posted by Unusual. <laughs> this is unbelievable. What a beautiful, amazing people. This is incredible. She's lucky she won, and lucky she shops at such an honest place. This is amazing. It's nice to hear that honest people do still exist in the world. I'm sure she'll return the favor and show her appreciation. And then someone commented on that. The article mentioned sharing some of the prize with the family. Hopefully she will continue to be a loyal customer and say good things about the business as well. I bet you she's the fuck out of there. Now that she's won all this fucking cash or ruski, she's moving out of that shit, fucking honest little shit town, moving it up to the rich town of liars. Because she wants to live that liar rich town life, guys. Alright, guys. I think there's a reason. Let me go over how podcasts succeed. Some podcasts succeed because they uh, plan ahead. They have certain bits... They, they, they have more than one person, um, even more than two people. and it's, an, it's a serious thing. The reason mine isn't as successful as the rest of them is because I'm just, sometimes I'm just, just not fucking 
in the right mental state to create a good one, you know, so I make a very loose one. But then everyone goes, no, the loose one's good. And I say, you're just talking to yourself, Matt. This is the point where you just talk to yourself and everybody thinks you're crazy. And then they start saying, hey, isn't that guy crazy? <laughs> mm. I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully there isn't a big... I'm now hearing my laptop in the background and it sounds like a, a loud, like... So hopefully that's not too fucked up. Because um, I'm not going to do this shit again. I'm definitely not going to do this shit again. Let me see if I can find another... Another story to bring out... Um, some talking points to the fucking podcast I'm currently doing that I'm struggling to find a another subject <laughs> okay iconic Charlie beat my finger video sold uh, video removed from YouTube after being sold for $760,000 oh they made the Charlie bit me into a NFT and it sold for $760,000. That's pretty wild. Jack Dorsey sold the first ever tweet NFT for $2.9 million. We're turning everything into a commodity. You can buy and sell anything you want. We're all going to be buying and selling all kinds of things. And going crazy. Can you tell guys that I went to the the weed store this weekend? And now this is the type of podcast we're getting. Me reading articles off ABC News and then stopping to talk about meaningless nonsense between things that are happening, you know? Hopefully you're all laughing. <laughs> Uh, okay, here's another article for you. Volcanic eruption in Democratic Republic of Congo uh, leaves at least 15 dead along with a trail of destruction. At least 15 people were killed after a volcano in the Eastern Democratic Republic of the Congo erupted on Saturday night for the first time in almost two decades. Oh, you can watch the thing erupt. Oh my god, this is about to kill 15 people, and I'm about to see it happen. Isn't that scary that I can click the article and then watch a bunch of people die? Don't you not like that? Even though right now I'm watching a 30-second ad where it's POV, and it's freaking me out. I don't like this ad at all. It's too weird. Okay, let's see. Okay, still got another four fucking seconds. I like that I'm doing time riffs, you know, on the podcast. Look at this fucking eruption. Holy shit. This is like, this is the earth busting. That's the, what a volcanic eruption is. The earth being like, ooh, you humans have tickled my earthy skin too much. I'm busting. <laughs> That's what a volcano is. Ooh, you tickled my <laughs> earth too much. I'm busting. <laughs> ah, shit. What the hell am I fucking talking about at this point? Sorry, I just blow shit out of my nose. 
As I, look at this little pooch in this video just walking around all the ash. He doesn't know 15 people has died. <clears throat> Damn, volcanoes get pretty big. Look at that smoke rising. I wish you could see what I'm seeing right now. I saw this video for like, uh, it was, let me push this back. It was for starving kids to like donate money to help with starving kids. And then it was revealed that the speaker was like an AI that had a fake face that was like the accumulation of like all the starving kids' faces. And uh, it really freaked me out that they had to use sci-fi to appeal to fucking people to feed starving kids. I'm like, is the money really going to starving kids? Or now it's going to AI that feel like they don't get enough acting work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's a little bit I'm working on. You can catch me live dropping that bit, you know. Um, I think I'm going to stop... <laughs> Not doing the podcast. I'm going to stop this podcast. It's, you know, I think you've got enough entertainment. I don't have that much more entertainment in me, to be honest. This is all willy-nilly. It seems like I'm a hobbyist, but I'm a pro. Only a pro would just stop their podcast at random points and never fulfill any time requirements so that their audience knows how long things are going to be. No. I just go wild in the streets, not having any sort of way of being, you know? That's how I do it. And that's why I love you guys, because <laughs> there's really, that wasn't a good transition. There was nothing there to work from. But anyhow, I've been at Matt Miller Real on everything. Matt Miller Real, Matt Miller Comedy Real on YouTube. Check out my Instagram and TikTok. I'm the number one comedian in the world. If you don't check it out, I'm going to buy a ticket to your house and erupt a volcano on it. And that's going to suck for you because it's going to kill you. So hopefully you enjoyed listening to this. And that background noise I'm not going to fix didn't annoy you. Okay, bye.